The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a special West Coast edition of Mad Money, coming to you from one market in San Francisco. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be able to make friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Is artificial intelligence about to have a GoPro moment? Have we gotten to the point where the hype is just too great? Just like when we saw that picture of a goat riding a surfboard with a GoPro on its head nine years ago. At that time, GoPro was just months removed from its IPO, about to reach the high 90s before falling to a single digit within a year and a half. But to put it in terms of my generation once again, has AI jumped the shark? It's something I'm worried about even after a good day where the Dow advanced 87 points, S&P gained 0.67%, but the NASDAQ, where all this stuff is, jumped 1.14%. Well, actually, I have to tell you, it's a big reason why I'm out here in San Francisco at Dreamforce, the Salesforce conference. It's actually currently building itself as the world's largest artificial intelligence festival. I have to find out when companies will finally stop rolling out these endless, we've got AI stories to pop up their stocks. When I saw the GoPro goat on the surfboard, I called the top. I'm prepared to do the same thing with AI if I have to, because the AI promotion machine may have gone haywire. Well, my antennae first went up when I heard about how Coca-Cola is launching a new drink that's co-developed with artificial intelligence. The Y3000 could be coming this month. Hey, maybe it tastes great. But when you see AI hype from Coca-Cola, it tells you maybe we're running out of legitimate use cases because this is not a consumer-oriented technology. Now, I'll never argue, as you know, with Jensen Wong. He's the CEO of NVIDIA, the godfather of AI. But when he told me that this is an iPhone moment, he was talking about how AI could allow businesses to save massive amounts of money. It's not about trying to hook the consumer on anything. Plus, it's not like everyone can use AI, something we've heard repeatedly from Snowflake's Frank Slootman, who we'll hear from later tonight. He's a hardcore business person. Unless there's a return on investment that's tangible and visible, generative AI may not be all that valuable. I'm beginning to believe that a lot of companies have embraced AI for show. And if they can't deliver a real return, the hype will peak. And the whole notion of AI as a transformative business to consumer, to consumer, will fizzle. So the stocks of companies that push that story will fizzle with it. So we need to listen closely to Frank about how bullish he is. I, I, I know Frank. He's, he's not giving a hype. Let's let Snowflake tell us if it's been too much 
being made about AI. Maybe it's just unbelievable for the enterprise, but we can't see how great it is at home. Dreamforce may be the true test. Lots of companies here certainly want to embrace generative AI simply because it can save costs in the call center and the coding process. Remember, if you use large language models where you can simply ask a computer something without coding, you got a winner. As George Kurtz from CrowdStrike told us, you can quiz your own computer about cyber threats and it'll tell you about them. Nikesh Aurora, CEO of Palo Alto, says the same thing about suffusing his business with AI. It makes sense for cybersecurity. Any trick to stop the big guys is a winner. So I'm not saying that AI isn't huge. I'm sure it'll be a very big deal. I know NVIDIA has demonstrated how it can cut costs in the biggest market in the world, the building of factories. Just designing these things more efficiently can save companies' fortunes. I know that Snowflake's customers like Capital One or any of the auto insurance companies or auto finance companies can use AI to make sure they're offering the best prices within a few basis points. Gigantic numbers for them, just gigantic. But the idea of endlessly taking up stocks... Because companies claim they're embracing artificial intelligence, I'm starting to think it's silly. Look, we own meta platforms for the charitable trust. We own it forever. And I'm happy to see them working with NVIDIA to get in front of ChatGPT. The stock moved gigantically on this story, though. Here's the problem. I broke that story in November of 2021 when I went to NVIDIA. That's when I broke it. They've had a deep relationship with Meta to do exactly what was written about in the paper today. Nothing truly new here. That's what I'm talking about. That's over-enthusiastic stock versus reality of business. Now, even without artificial intelligence, I think tech's undervalued here. One reason the group rallied so hard today. We're beginning to see higher corporate tech spending, something Snowflake just flagged on his conference call last month. I also think the negative Apple narrative from China is getting baked in. More on that later. The story about AI that really has me steamed or stunned, whatever, is the one from Morgan Stanley's Adam Jonas, who upgraded Tesla from hold to buy because he says Tesla could be a tech company. And if it can tap its own super brain dojo, Yes, Dojo, that's it, right? Then it could be like Amazon Web Services, and therefore the company could be worth $500 billion more than its current valuation because of Dojo. Look, I like Adam Jones, but he missed the entire run in Tesla that came from being a car company. Maybe he's just getting ahead of the next leg higher as a supercomputer company, one that could possibly challenge NVIDIA down the road. That's why Tesla's stock went up 10% today while NVIDIA's stock went down. I'm not convinced of it. Any company that needs to sort and process gigantic amounts of data will need artificial intelligence to stay ahead of its competitors. Any company that has a ton of expensive smart coders will find that they aren't as smart as a tower of NVIDIA's cards linked together. But I got to find this out with my own. I got to see it, okay? I've come right here to see it. Right now, there are companies that can and will bring in revenue, especially to the consumer. Uh, but I'm not saying that the consumer is the best use case himself or herself, because if anything, this is an enterprise story. I am saying the days when a company or an analyst thinks that AI must be bought uh, and it brings a buy this stock conversation, that's peaking. Remember, today's tech strength was not based on AI, but on actual earnings per share, which is great news and a show of strength, just like when we heard that the Arm Holdings IPO could be 10 times oversubscribed. True sign of tech health. That's what I want to hear. Not about a $500 billion AI possibility for Tesla. Many people laugh when I said that the use cases for GoPro peaked right along with the stock roughly nine years ago. I nailed that sucker right from the top. Will I do the same here? I have to learn more. Bottom line, we've seen tons of CEOs and analysts try to shoehorn AI into their bullish narratives, and that's going on for a while now. And it worked. But I think those days will soon be numbered, unless they got a legitimate way to make lots of money off AI, rather than the equivalent of watching a goat surf, admittedly with great form, off the coast of Hawaii. Let's take calls. Let's go to Wes in Texas. Wes. A Navy deep sea hoo-yah, booyah from the Woodlands, Texas. Oh, and a, and a thank you for serving booyah right here from San Francisco. How can I help? With clear headwinds in the manufacturing front and seemingly unlimited demand, I want to know when you think Lockheed Martin will get wind back in its sails. 
Thanks. I think it's very soon. I, I, look, I think Jim Takelin, whom we know very well from when he was uh, at American Tower, is just a total winner. The budget's fine for defense. The stock has had a, down almost 100 points. That is just the right time to buy Lockheed Martin with almost 3% yield. I think you got a good one. Let's go to Ethan in California. Ethan. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Yo. Hey, Ethan, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm wondering your good. thoughts on Pool Corporation, P-O-O-L. Uh, very well-run company. Uh, I think people feel that that's a discretionary item and the consumer's not spending discretionary, just like I saw a downgrade today for Brunswick Corp. So I want to be a little cool on pool. Let's go to Jeff in California. Jeff. Hey, Booyah, Jimmy Chill. How you doing? Doing well. How about you? Oh, fantastic. Hey, thanks for taking my call. My stock is Shopify. I used to own tons of Shopify when it was just going up and going up. Used to be the king of kings. And with online shopping going stronger and stronger, I think lots of people like to have a storefront online. Uh, the great news about Shopify that on November 24th of 2021, the day before Thanksgiving, Shopify hit an all-time high of 169 bucks a share, which yeah. is up 945%. But there's a big but here, Jimmy Chill. It hit an all-time low to only 27 bucks a share, which was 84% off the high. True. But it's kind, of, it's kind of a weird coincidence that Shopify just shot up in the uh, recent months. In fact, again, just okay. a coincidence, it shot up 84% year to date. Just well, you got going. some symmetry there. You got some symmetry there. Now, here's how I feel about Shopify. I think that when we had them on recently, people underestimated how powerful their model is. And then Amazon ties up with them, which tells me that they're going to be able to keep the customer and have the customer make even more money, which means it's going to be even better for Shopify. I don't know about the symmetry. I like that 84-82 thing, but I think you've got a winner in Shopify. Let's go to Malinsky in Virginia. Malinsky. My man Kramer. Hey, your Eagles and my Browns are undefeated. Can't say that often, but that's it could be early. because of my I'm, Browns. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it might be early. I don't want to go out on a limb with that, but it might be early. Hey, hey, I'll take it for right now because every week can change with the Browns. But, hey, I need help with the stock, and I'm trying to avoid a value trap here. Company's okay. doing a lot of right things, got some macro issues, con- you know, consumer demand, credit tightening, everything else like that. We know pigs get fat. We know hogs get slaughtered. And my favorite hog... Harley Davidson is getting slaughtered. What do we do here? Well, I got to tell you, this is no Nick Chubb. That's all I can tell you. All right. I think this is not a consistent, reliable company. So, Malinsky, we're going to have to say that it's a little bit more like like yesterday's Bengals than like yesterday's Browns. I think today's the CEO shoehorning AI into the bullish narratives to jump their stocks higher may be over, even if there is a legitimate use case to make a lot of money off AI. Well, man, tonight, we're kicking off a big week in San Francisco. J.M. Smucker, Sweet Tooth, announced $5.6 billion acquisition of Tweaky's maker, Hostess Brands. We go straight to the source, find out about that deal. Then Twilio has bounced back from its post-pandemic lows with AI, so now the company is more focused on sustainable growth. Could it be worth watching or owning? Let's talk to the CEO. And as I just said, the AI craze has gotten a little out of hand when it comes to promoting your stock. But could a company like Snowflake hold its own in the artificial intelligence business space? You don't miss my exclusive. So stay with Craver from San Francisco. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Cramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. 
Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This morning, we learned that James Smucker, the packaged foods powerhouse, is buying Hostess brands for $5.6 billion in cash and stock, includes the assumption of $900 million worth of debt. They're paying a 54% premium for Hostess versus where it was trading before we started hearing rumors of a deal two weeks ago. Okay, let's call it the most expensive package of tweets in history. Wall Street clearly wasn't thrilled. Stock plunged 7% today. Some of that could be because of some st- stock component. But we got to figure out what's the uh, thinking behind the acquisition. I bet Smucker felt they needed more exposure to the much faster-growing snack category. They have very little of this stuff. Hostess is all snacks. Payback could be quick. Why speculate about this deal when we go straight to the source? Let's dig deep with Mark Smucker, the chairman and president CEO of James Smucker & Company, to learn more. Mr. Smucker, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right, so, Mark, we had Andy Callahan, and we were the first person to put him on. We put him on multiple times because the CEO of, of Hostess, he convinced us that this is the best grower in the food business, and that's why I think it made a ton of a sense to be attracted to it. Some of these analysts act as like, well, there's no synergy, like, like you were a tool and die company or a defense company. Doesn't this fit right into your categories? Jim, it is squarely on strategy. I mean, snacking occasions continue to grow. And as you know, we have our, our rocket ship, which is Uncrustables. And this dovetails very nicely because what it does, it expands our optionality to access new snacking occasions. Consumers are snacking at different times of day, and sometimes they want something sweet. Sometimes they don't, but when they do, we want to be there for them, and this fits perfectly with our strategy. 
We had Celsius on the other day, and I've got to tell you, they own the convenience store when you get to the to the soda aisle. Uh, don't you want to be in the convenience store sector, which is just booming right now? Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we were so excited about Hostess is they have a fantastic distribution model. Our, we complement each other so well. I mean, they are do an excellent job in the convenience channels. We're just now launching an Uncrustable that has a five-day shelf life and can live in that space. And we have great strength in our core grocery channels as well as our uh, expertise in marketing. So there's a lot of complementary capabilities that are really going to allow both businesses to continue to grow here. All right. So this morning, Morgan Stanley comes out with a note assessing obesity exposure across packaged food and restaurants, talking about, yes, once again, GLP-1, which are the the, uh, revolutionary drugs that make it so you don't apparently want as much snacking. Uh, Are you concerned about this, uh, let's say, the the drugs that people are using and the long term future of snacking? Jim, we view that people are always going to want to snack, and there are different times of day when somebody might want a a protein-based snack, like uh, peanut butter with celery, but other times people want something a little bit more indulgent, and Hostess has done such a nice job creating single-serve, small portions that allow people to have snacking, sweet snacks in moderation. So we think, and we've studied this business for a couple years, and we really see a long growth trajectory here. And again, those complementary synergies for both parties. Well, I mean, it's possible. I know that it's rumored that General Mills uh, obviously was in there uh, trying to buy it. And I think maybe people feel like that you ended up having to pay too much versus your own stock. Would that be a, a, a cause of concern? You know, no. In fact, when you look at our, our multiple post synergies, it's going to be down around 13 times. And we think that's very reasonable. And again, this is a, a, an accretive transaction. It is going to grow our business, it is going to allow us to grow snacking occasions, and ultimately, it will benefit the shareholder through that accretion. The $100 million in synergy, you're pretty confident? Absolutely. Okay, now one thing that I think people don't understand, but we did, because Andy Kelly, and every time he came on, he came on with something new. It is an engine of innovation in a category that has lacked innovation. Can you lock in those people who came up with some of those incredible, incredible snacks that, that this company has put out since Andy got in? Absolutely. They have done, Andy is a great guy, and they have a great team. They have done a fantastic job with innovation. And I think if you take that innovation engine that they've got going, continue that, and we continue to pour a little gasoline called marketing on top of this with our expertise in marketing, we're going to see tremendous growth here. One of the things that threw me from the analysis is you own the best coffee brands. Uh, one of the great things that, that Andy did was create the donut that had coffee in it, which I, the boost, which is just unbelievable. But isn't there synergy among what you know about what a consumer wants? You are going where the consumer is. And that's why I think this is such a good deal. I could not have said it any better. You know, we play very strongly both in morning breakfast and lunch, but also those in-between times. So, of course, coffee, and now coffee is consumed as a snack. If you think about how often consumers are making cold, sweet coffee beverages in the afternoon to treat themselves, why not have a donut with that? Well, I want to go back. That reminds me of going back to these obesity drugs. I mean, is it not true that people like a treat? 
100%. And, and all of us want to snack in moderation. And of course, we all you know, want, want to watch calories. And again, I think the reason, the way they've come out with these single serve packs is really allows the consumer to be diligent and watch those calories and be responsible. But I had a ho-ho and a Twinkie today already because I had to. I, and I felt like something sweet. Well, I like the Portman, too, by the way. Don't forget those because they, they just are dynamite. It's my favorite cookie. Now, i got to ask you, you did get rid of some. I'm a huge pet guy, as you know. You did get rid of some of the pet food. And I yes. know that the, some of the pet foods were not necessarily ones that you would stand behind. But, I mean, it, that's a great category. Why did you divest? Well, if you think about this, the strategic journey that we've been on, we have been very diligent about taking our family of brands and focusing them down to the brands that are going to grow. And if you think about why we got into the pet food category in the first place, it was all around dog snacks with the milk bone as the crown jewel and meow mix as cat food. We kept those two brands because they are our growth drivers. And similarly, in the past, when we divested Pillsbury baking mixes and Crisco uh, cooking oils, those were categories that were in decline and shedding those assets allowed us to really focus clearly on those assets and brands that we know that we can grow. And again, it just speaks to the fact that Hostess fits perfectly. And very clear from uh, your presentation today, uh, you want to deliver. I know this company generates a gigantic amount of cash. Andy told us repeatedly and then he showed it to us. But also you're committed to the dividend. It's not like you decided, you know what, we're, we're going to grow and, and be wasteful and, and not worry. Yeah, you know, our capital deployment strategy is clearly focused on getting this next Uncrustables plant up and running, which we're doing, and continuing to grow our dividend and pay down this debt and delever as quickly as we can. We would expect to be around three times in, in two to three years. Well, that's what we want. We want the responsibility, and I think, you know, I've been a huge believer in this company, and I think you got it for a very good price. Mark Smucker, Chairman, President, and CEO of J.M. Smucker, Smucker & Company, SJM. Thank you so much, Mark. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. All right. Guys, look, I'm out there saying it's a good acquisition. The analysts didn't like it, but we believed in hosts from day one. Still do. We have money's back in the break. Coming up. This company soared after its last quarterly report. Will the good times keep rolling for Twilio? Find out next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When the Fed declared war on inflation nearly two years ago, the whole universe of red-hot cloud software stocks collapsed just in a matter of months. These were revenue growth stories generally with little in the way of profitability, and Wall Street has no patience for them when the Fed starts tightening aggressively. Since then, though, many of them have gotten religion on profitability, and their stocks have come roaring back since the, well, the lows last fall take Twilio, the communications platform that helps companies connect directly with their customers via calls, text, email, online chats. When you get a text from Airbnb or Uber, that's their software. Actually, if you get a text from a hospital, it's their software. If you get a quote from Home Depot, it's their software. Twilio grew too uh, too much, let's say, grew too fast during the pandemic. How do you want to put it? With the stock peaking at 457 in 2021, plummeted 91% to the bottom of 41 in November of last year. Since then, they've laid off 28% of their workforce, going through a major restructuring in order to trade revenue growth for actual earnings. And you know what? It is working. Last month, Toyo delivered a 24-cent earnings beat, 24 of the 30-cent basis, just much better expected quarter. Stock rallied 14% since then. It's now up roughly 63% from its lows last November. Can you keep rebounding? Let's check in with Jeff Lawson, the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Toyo. Get a better read on the situation. Mr. Lawson, welcome back to Man Money. Thank you, Jim. Great to be back. All right. So, Jeff, I think I may have to eat a little crow. I didn't understand the power of your company, that you could make money when you just wanted to make money. You bought stock. The stock was right to buy. And you know what? I think that people are misjudging the power of your model. I had no idea you could make this much money when you put your mind to it. Well, I think we have an amazing profit potential here. Now, we focused on growth for the first decade plus of the company, right? right? Because that's what you do in the technology world when the world is your market. And now we've turned that same energy, having really won that growth era of the company, Mm -hmm. and turned that attention towards now turning it into a profit engine. We're a $4 billion revenue company. And as you said, we've uh, really focused now on profitable growth as it goes. And I think the recent results have shown that that is, uh, uh, you know, something that the profit profit engine that we have the ability to create here is absolutely tremendous. And there's another interesting bit, which is right now there's a headwind, certainly in growth, because right. of, uh, you know, with a usage-based revenue model, the economy slows down. But as the economy heats up again, which will happen, nobody knows when, but it will happen eventually, then that turns into a tailwind for us. And without spending any more OPEX, we can let that profit well, fall to the bottom line. You might have the great leverage of a tech, co- of an old-fashioned, like a Microsoft has that kind of leverage. I just see it. I mean, already you had the largest email and then largest message company deal. Uh, these are huge deals. You have 300,000 clients uh, who are obviously very satisfied or else you wouldn't have the renewal rate. To me, it seems like if things pick up, you're just, you could be immensely profitable. That's the neat thing about this usage-based model is it allow we don't have to spend more in order to capture the upside of uh, economic activity that increases. And so what we're doing right now, we're really focused on doing uh, competitive wins and getting design wins and getting ourselves in to more and more and more companies. And then as the economy continues to grow, we have this amazing ability to drop profit to the bottom line. Well, you drop profit to the uh, bottom line of customers, too, or also save the money. I think we get we're all used to now when we make an appointment for a hospital or doctor that we get a message because they can't afford to have it so you don't show and it's a system that every nickel matters. You've got the VA, which is the biggest of all. So, I mean, they are using it in, in a similar manner? 
Yeah. When a hospital, for example, uses Twilio to make sure you show up for your appointment, the ROI for them is tremendous. Yes. And I remember a couple of years ago at our conference, the VA talked about how much money, and mind you, this is taxpayer money, it's also the care of our veterans, that they were able to save a tremendous amount of money by making sure people show up to their appointments. And now you think about the future that lays ahead with AI and how we can actually take all the customer data we have in segment, our CDP, and apply it to communications to make it so our customers Customers' communications are even more effective at engaging with their customers. One of the things I'm learning is, is that when I'm out here, yes, you can look at the chat GPT, but it's more it's more uh, lucrative to think about what a bank can do with it. Uh, for instance, fraud alert. That is often you. Yeah, well, there's there's the the fraud alerts that you get from banks. There's all right. sorts of interesting things. You know, what we we launched a couple weeks ago, uh, our customer AI product line. And this is a set of products and, and capabilities that are generative and predictive AI that allow companies to uh, use AI and use all the data they have about their customers, I think, to make themselves 10 times better at serving hey, their customers I saw that 10X. at one-tenth of the cost. It is going to be an amazing coming decade of innovation because AI enables you to really create these kinds of outcomes. Well, I've been using your term when I'm trying to think about what I'm doing out here. You can perceive, you can understand, and you can activate. Yes. That is all AI and Twilio. Think about it. If you had a human being that was there taking care of every single customer, like and they got the restaurants, right? Like you imagine you're a human being, one per every customer, looking after every customer, paying attention, you'd be like, wow, those customers, they would never go to another restaurant, right? right. But AI can now do that and do it at scale. So while you could never hire a person to look after each and every customer, you can have AI that takes in every bit of information about your customers, every web click, every mobile visit, everything they're doing. Um, you can then turn it into an understanding of that customer, into a profile of that customer. What are they all about? What do they purchase? What do they want? And then activate it across web, mobile, uh, messaging, email, etc., to personalize every interaction for a customer. This is what we call customer AI, and I think it's going to make marketers 10 times effective, uh, cu- customer service 10 times as effective, product teams. I mean, companies are going to get 10 times better. Well, I, re- I remember when you first told me you could blast out to everybody. And then I said, well, maybe they don't want margaritas. Yeah. How about I just blast out to people who want margaritas because I've done a profile. And that's what it can do. Yeah. You are more targeted than you've ever been. So therefore, well, it's just such a better bargain for the customer. And it's interesting because a lot of companies, they'll do targeting. They'll create audiences. They might have like 10 different audiences. Well, now with AI, nothing's preventing you from having a 1,000 audiences, a million audiences. Every customer can get a targeted campaign just at them. And that's what AI is going to bring about. And it's going to be tremendously efficient. And companies are going to be able to drop a lot of that efficiency to the bottom line. So it's also going to be a great time for investors. Well, I want to thank you for explaining it to me. And you were right to buy stock, and I think our viewers should be well-served, too. Profitable growth. Great to have. That's Jeff Lawson. He's Twilio's co-founder, chairman, and CEO, with just a very good story, and it's not made up. It's for real. Damn, I expect it. Coming up, time to flake out. Kramer goes with the snow when we return. Well, 
Earlier, I told you I think the hype surrounding artificial intelligence is getting ahead of itself. There are some companies that can make killing from AI, but mostly that's from helping businesses save money. Anything else strikes me as absurd, frankly. That said, there are some genuine winners here beyond NVIDIA, like Snowflake. That's a cloud-based data management and analytics play that's sitting on a digital gold mine, a high-quality treasure trove of organized data that's exactly what companies need in order to train their generative AI systems. Even better, Snowflake's already putting up some incredible numbers. Last month, they reported an excellent top and bottom line beat, management giving some positive commentary on customer demand trends, too. Yes, stabilization, incremental improvement. I like this. Uh, you know, you know, the stock sold off. That in response. They only reiterated the full-year forecast. But since then, it's erased those losses and then some. Let's take a close look with Frank Slubin. He's the bankable chairman and CEO of Snowflake. Learn more. Mr. Slubin, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to be on with you, Jim. All right, so, Frank, when I spoke to you last, you were a little, uh, you were trying to guide me down, basically, as I'm, I'm a little more effused about tech. But it looks like you didn't say things are going crazy, but they have stabilized. Incremental improvement is happening. Green shoots, is that the way you would describe it? Yeah, I would say sentiment changes. You know, sentiment changes. That's, in other words, the mood, what people are talking about, what they're not talking about. Those are usually far out leading indicators of where things are, are headed. It may not show up in the data yet, but it's qualitative. It's color and texture. You know? Okay. Well, yeah. in the meantime, you're very, uh, let's say, circumspect about people who would just say, hey, i got to do AI. I'm going to quote this. Says, we cannot unleash AI and have no business model that pays for it. People will get tired really quickly. There are people who are just saying they're AI, but they're not going to get an ROI. Yeah, we're all, we're uh, we're either at or near the top of the hype cycle. Uh, it seems to be only two letters left in the alphabet these days. Um, but you know, we we have a long history with technology. They all start out that way, but they become real. You know, gradually and and shortly, and it takes time. Well, right? I think the ChatGPT got a lot of people excited, but it's really use cases like insurance companies, uh, banks, telco. They're the ones who are really going to be able to make genuine money from this. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've been infatuated with planning our next trip to Yellowstone and uh, summarizing the Great Gatsby. That's not what enterprises do. <laughs> it's more, it's more, I love it. You say, look, one of the mystifying things, and you're on the board of Instacart, we don't know what churn, we don't know what churn, but this is a good use case because there's so many different pieces of data, maybe you actually figure out why someone doesn't take your product. Yeah, churn, churn is actually an extremely uh, hard problem to uh, to analyze, and data plays an incredibly key role. And it, it actually holds the keys to driving top line growth and all those kinds of things, right? Because you can't drive growth if people are walking out the back door. So right, yeah. and there are companies that seem to I felt were data, uh, let's say lacking and savvy, that maybe because you can just speak to your computer, we're getting companies in the medical area, in health. They've not been that tech savvy, but maybe you don't need to be as tech savvy as you just need to be able to ask a question to a computer. Yeah, you don't even have to be literate. If you can talk to it, you know, it'll, it'll give you an answer back. So who was the gating factor between getting those answers back and, uh, and to management that wasn't able to get them? What was going on? Well, I mean, things are incredibly complex. I mean, your head explodes, you know, very, very quickly due to the complexity of all the possible explanations of things that are going on. I mean, you mentioned the churn problem. You know, right. insurance people are wondering why are claims up in this place and not in this, and not in that place. Right. And you can send teams out there for weeks on end and still end up with the with the wrong answer. Right. So there are sort of layers of complexity and depth here that still need to be probed. Can you make a lot of money in this? I know that you and Jensen Wong from NVIDIA had this kind of great back and forth at your summit, but it does sound like there are forces squeezing your profitability. Uh, competitors, it, it's not that e- it's not cheap 
to actually work on in the cloud? It's not, um, you know, at all. And obviously, it's a consumption model, so it's right. variable. You know, in a right. capacity model, you spend it once and then you use as much as uh, as you can. So people are still getting used to the reality that you you, you pay by the drink. Now that has advantages, right? Because right. I have total flexibility. I don't have to lay out any capital, all those kinds of things. But it comes at a cost. You know. Now, are people, uh, are there companies that are truly infatuated with AI, and then once they they take the contract with you, they realize that they can't save or make money? Well, look, it, 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 it's too early to get ahead of ourselves. You know, in the enterprise, people don't get that excited that quickly, right? Well, they, okay, yeah. that's a great point, yep. because what we've seen endlessly are people excited about uh, being able to go to ChatGPT and say, okay, what would it be? Give me an interview. Kramer to, to Gandhi will may have money. Well, that's meaningless. What I want to know is whether I have to change my my finance cost or change what I charge a customer within seconds, because that's where the real money is. Yeah, but, you know, as, as we are using these models, we're also finding that they're not giving us precise answers. They're giving us approximate answers. In the enterprise, we're not going to tolerate that, right? right? If, you, if you're asking for you're asking a specific question, you want an answer that is exactly right, not approximately right. But you do go on and on. You are not a guy who's given to hyperbole. I think you're a numbers guy. I, I've actually tried to get you to be more excited at times. You are so you <laughs> repeatedly say this is the best time to be in. I mean, you've been yeah. around tech forever. Why is this the best time for look, Frank Slutman? You know, I look, um, I've lived long enough that I remember what the world was like before search. Okay. Search changed everything. I'm a search junkie. I mean, I absolutely love it with a passion. It's the most incredibly enabling, empowering thing that we've had in the last 20 years, right? I, I think AI will become, you know, a million times. A million experience. times. People will not be able to remember a world before AI, you know, pretty soon because it becomes so integral to their life but experience. who are these people? I mean, are these people at, the, at Microsoft? Who needs yep. to do more work? You've said they're not doing enough business. Or this Amazon Web Store, Jassy? Who is it? Who is going to find out that they didn't know what their life was like uh, before because of well, AI? People uh, that were, you know, born recently. Obviously, they're they're completely. It's going to be that natives. much of our daily lives. Well, I mean, look, you know, we're, we're going to take to this like a fish to water. We're going to have systems and co-pilots, and uh, it's going to be as, as ubiquitous as search has been in our lives very, very quickly. Well, if that's you know? the case, I mean, you make, Snowflake will make fortunes. We're planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just want people to know that if you weren't going to make fortunes, you actually would say it. You say, well, look, you would say, look, it's not happening now, yet. We are huge bulls on the opportunity here. We're sitting on... An absolute mass of highly structured. But you didn't start this. You didn't come to Snowflake, knowing this. No, no, we did I not. Mean, and you, when, I, when it first, when you first started, you came on, and you were hoping that people would rent the cloud. Now you've got the ultimate reason to do it. Did you just fall into it? You did not see this coming. Now look, uh, the cloud itself had right. extraordinarily empowering effects on analytics and data science. That we knew, and, and we're seeing it. I mean, machine learning, which may be a lesser form of AI, but it's becoming very mainstream and very, very impactful to businesses everywhere. That's real. That's happening everywhere. Now we're going, you know, multiple, you know, successive levels beyond that. 
So this is this is this is a great time to be alive. I've been waiting my entire but will life you, for this. Will you actually start giving some forecasts that say more than just the numbers are the numbers and the forecast yeah. is the forecast? Look, you know, we're 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 forecasting on the on the basis of data. You know, we do puts and takes uh, and all of that stuff, right? But guidance is hard in the consumption model. Right. You, know, you take a subscription company, ninety-six percent of the revenue is is is, is known on day one of the quarter. For us, that's zero percent. So it's a very different discipline for us to. But guide. people keep coming back. Yeah, you know that. of course. Well, I, it's the most bullish I've seen you, and I like that because you are <laughs> you're kind of like a an NFL. You're a little Belichick like. You know that. Just say it. Right. Just say it. Just All putting right. it out there. I'll take that's Frank, Chairman <laughs> CEO of Snowflake, who's the most ebullient or ebullient, depending on how you want to pronounce it that I've ever seen. Thank you, right. Frank. Good to have you on my spectrum. Coming up, the fog is rolling out. It's a Bay Area Booyah lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski Daddy, time for the light round. Let's go to Jim in Texas. Jim. Hey, Jim Kramer. Yo. So, I'm a longtime Mad Money fan and an investment club member from the start. Thank you. My question today is about a stock that's an EV lithium play. The ticker is ALB, Albemarle. I have a cost basis of 214 and it's about 13% down. I right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's much more competition in that market. Just giant fine, by the way, recently, according to a, a chemical trade press that I got, of lithium. I think the price is going lower lithium, so therefore I cannot recommend Albemarle, even though I am thrilled that you have been a club member from day one. Let's go to Craig in New York. Craig. Uh, hi, Mr. Jim. This is Craig in New Jersey. Okay. Thanks. How are you? I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, and thank you for being so kind and helpful. Uh, All right. Appreciate my it. Question, my question is, take the compliments. <laughs> my question is, when should I buy One Oak? Uh, ticker I, think right okay. here. I think right here, Craig. Uh, it's about 6% yield. We had the other side of the trade on with the Magellan. Uh, I think management's terrific. The CFO, Walter Holtz, is like you and me at Jersey. I, I love it. So I think you should buy it right here. Let's go to Brian in Pennsylvania. Brian. Booyah, Jim. How are you? Booyah, Brian. I am good. How about you? Very good. Um, Eagles win yesterday. It was great. Yes. Um, calling about Rivian. Uh, see a lot more on the street these days, and I see the Amazon van. And want to get your thoughts on that one. Well, the stock's had a very good run from the bottom, and I actually uh, have not been recommending companies that... Uh, uh, I'm recommending stocks of companies that have just been losing a huge amount of money. And Rivian is using cash like you wouldn't believe. I'm going to have to say no to that one. Let's go to Dream in Pennsylvania. Dream. Hi, Jim. Hey, it's an up? honor and a privilege to be on this oh, superb show. Thank you. And I just want to give a shout out to my grandson, Henry. Here is my question. With all the heat out there, is train technology a timely buy? Both train and carrier are fantastic. These stocks have been just just going at it. I mean, they've been just giant winners. They're both very well managed. I think you've got either one of those as a winner. Let's go to Mitchell in Texas. Mitchell. 
Yo, Jimmy, coming to you from the golf course, sir. Fantastic. Good place to come in. What's going on? Joe? Yes, sir. Hey, All I right. got a stock. It's trading with a future PE of somewhere around 11, 12, and it's still got some growth, you know, high single digits on revenue. Uh, the stock's PayPal, and I need to know what to do with it. Well, I got to tell you, they have declining margins. Uh, I'm not a big fan of fintech. I, I think it's a value trap, frankly. I, I'm, I'm not there for that one. I'm just not there. Let's go to Ernie in Texas. Ernie. Hey, how are you doing, Jim? I'm doing well, Ernie. How about you? I'm doing real good. And thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, Cassava Sciences. They're one year away from completing their first phase three trial for a new Alzheimer's drug that has been 100% safe. The mode of action of the drug was just confirmed by French researchers in Paris, and they have enough cash to complete the trials and no debt. Okay, so let's let's say this. It is a gigantic spec, okay? It it does interrupt the pathways. I'm following this because I was a spokesperson for the American Brain Foundation, so I get it. It's a gigantic spec, though. As long as you're willing to lose a lot of money to make a lot of money, I'm okay with it. Let's go to Chuck in Michigan. Chuck. Jim, hello from God's country in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Love the show. Absolutely. I just talked to someone the other day from the UP. What's going on? Right. Well, Jim, my question is, if Cleveland Cliffs succeeds in acquiring U.S. Steel, how do you see things going for them in the short and long term? Well, one, I think the FTC or Justice is going to try to block that. But two, you know, we had a strike this week uh, in the auto market. Cleveland Cliffs really does a great job in the auto market. This stock could go even lower than $14. I'm going to have to say, wait uh, to pull the trigger. Do not pull the trigger here. Let's go to Tom in Oregon. Tom. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking hey, my call and, and all you do. Hey, I've been leg, uh, legging into Clearfield and averaging down, and it's about time to add some more to it. No, no, no. Commodity the- business. Clearfield's commodity part of the telco. I, I really don't want you to, to do that. I'm sorry. I, I, but I, you can do it, but it's certainly not on me is the best way to look at it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. Coming up. Kramer may be out west, but we focus on the Far East when Mad Money returns. The Chinese government seems willing to cut off its proverbial nose to spite its face, even if it means they can also hurt the U.S. And I don't know where this is going to end, except for it's obviously bad for business. Now, we know there's bad blood between our two countries, but when the Apple News first came out last week that China's willing to ban the use of iPhones at the office for government employees, it became clear that President Xi has suddenly taken a far more negative approach to American companies than we thought possible. For the longest time, the Chinese Communist Party had a two-track policy toward the U.S. They like to have as much commerce as they can with us, but they favor American companies that create lots of jobs in China. They want buy China for China. That's why Nike, Starbucks, Apple have been so successful over there. To a lesser extent, we've seen the same thing with Estee Lauder, GE Healthcare, Danaher, GM, Disney, Tesla, Boeing, and so many other American companies with huge footprints in the PRC. Now, I've seen a ton of footage that tells me the Apple story might have more bark than bite. The Chinese stores were mobbed this weekend. Sure, we know Huawei's got a 5G phone. No kidding. And we know many people in China have two phones, same as if you need a separate one for work. The issue here is that the previously protected class of companies doesn't seem to be protected anymore. Apparently, it's not enough to create tons of Chinese shops. And I got to tell you, I'm actually stunned about this. Every government in the world needs more domestic manufacturing. Right now, China needs it desperately. They've got a real unemployment problem as young people simply can't get jobs. Apple's a huge employer over there, yet it doesn't seem to matter. 
They want to retaliate against our government's ban on advanced semiconductor exports, even if the retaliation hurts them as much as it hurts us. So far, there's been no sign that Starbucks or Disney have had any problems. They're big employers of young people. I know that as recently as August, the Chinese Ministry of Education has reiterated how important that relationship is with Nike to help young people stay in shape. But I'm beginning to wonder if she even cares about any of this. He seems almost determined to roll back reforms from the last 40 years when China went all in on commerce with the U.S. It's part of its export-oriented growth strategy. The growth of exports is slow, though, uh, ever since former President Trump slapped those tariffs on Chinese merchandise. doesn't help that China's gotten a lot wealthier, which means it's no longer the cheapest place to outsource. Western companies can get a much better deal in Vietnam, for example. A lot of people thought the Biden administration would tone things down, but if anything, they've cracked down harder as part of a determined effort to prevent the Chinese government from getting its hands on high-tech components that can't be found elsewhere and could be used possibly by the People's Liberation Army. I think that's why China acted so quickly to hurt Apple after Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo's recent visit. Now, remember when we spoke to her? She said they were trying her patience. I have to believe things are only going to get worse, not better, even as President Biden said in Vietnam that he doesn't wish ill will towards China. Although I bet the Chinese government sees that whole visit as an expression of ill will. But let's bring this back to the money level. Every American company that sells into China is trading horrendously versus their peers with less Chinese exposure. That's what we see. The stocks trade as if that Chinese business is about to go away, thanks to worries about possible government sanctions. And, of course, the fact that China's economy is, I could argue, collapsing. Either way, I'm not not at all optimistic about American companies with big China exposure. The economic risk is bad enough. You don't need the political risk from a new Cold War making everything even worse. And these things feed on each other because as the Chinese economy gets worse, I'm getting, I, I really believe, I'm betting that their government becomes even more confrontational. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.